The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now, here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Well, hello again, and welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We're going to be talking today about yet another epidemic, as if we needed another one. This one affects children and adults alike in ever-growing numbers, and the issue is ADD, also known as Attention Deficit Disorder. Some call it Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, potato, potato. So in the first half hour today, we're going to be talking about ADD from a diet and nutritional perspective, and trust me, this is huge. In the second half of the show, we're going to have a real treat. Uh, Dr. Mark Steinberg will be joining us. Uh, Mark is a neuropsychologist and NBC science consultant, and he's author of ADD, The 20-Hour Solution, and also the man, not uncoincidentally, who wrote the foreword to my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind. And he's going to be here to discuss the use of neurofeedback in managing ADD issues. Uh, Mark is a very smart, very knowledgeable a very wonderful and very funny guy, and I also consider him to be a dear friend. You're really going to enjoy this and won't want to miss it. Now, uh, before we launch into this important topic, allow me to give you my basic disclaimer, and that's that nothing that we talk about today is meant to diagnose, treat, pre- prevent, or prescribe for any medical condition of any kind. If you have a medical condition, be sure to address it with your trusted and qualified health care provider. Well, now that we have that out of the way. So first off, uh, well, let's talk about ADD from a very foundational perspective. What is it that underlies a brain that cannot focus or pay attention? Well, I have people walking into my office all the time saying, I have ADD or ADHD, and that really doesn't tell me very much of anything other than that they're having trouble paying attention. But this means something different to each and every person walking through the door. Now, I see ADD as a bit of a trash can diagnosis. You know, there's so many different things that can play into attentional problems. Um, You know, consider this, you know, if you will. I mean, if you're depressed, you're not going to pay attention well. If you're anxious, you're not going to pay attention well. If you've had a blow to the head, you're not going to pay attention well. If you're deficient in certain nutrients or hypoglycemic or reacting to a food sensitivity, you're simply not going to pay attention well. Um, Yet conventional medicine defines and approaches it all more or less the same way with stimulant medications. Basically, we're talking about methamphetamine. Okay? (laughs) Nice, right? You know, so nowadays 
of course, you know, some of the ADD meds are trying to target serotonin more, but all medications come with a significant risks and side effects. Now, um, you know, there are a lot of different um, side effects that are, um, you know, potentially impacting, uh, you know, with, with some of these medications. But uh, what are some of the, and we'll get to that in a second, but what are some of the different conditions, for instance, that can generate attentional problems or that may be underlying uh, ADD? Well, you know, first and foremost, uh, blood sugar dysregulation is probably the single most common thing uh, impacting uh, this, this issue. It either is going to generate or exacerbate this sort of issue. Uh, food sensitivities are in there, heavy metal toxicity, um, anemia, believe it or not, um, yeah, undiagnosed anemia sometimes can can impact all of this, and um, uh, we're also talking about diagnosed or undiagnosed uh, thyroid issues. So um, nutrient deficiencies, also head injury. Uh, there's a condition called pyroluria, which we're going to devote a whole show to coming up uh, with Julia Ross in a couple of weeks, but. Um, you know, it can be also some combination or any combination of these. And what is, again, conventional medicine doing? It is prescribing, it basically has a one-size-fits-all approach, uh, more or less, to the whole problem. And uh, these medications like Ritalin, Concerta, Adderall, and Stratera all come with some fairly significant potential side effects. And among these, and let me just list a few here, are restlessness or tremor, anxiety or nervousness, headache or dizziness, insomnia or drowsiness, diarrhea or constipation, impotence or changes in sex drive, headache, stomach pain, abdominal pain, sleeplessness, decreased appetite, nausea and vomiting, tics, allergic reactions, increased blood pressure, psychosis, uh, abnormal thinking or hallucinations, anorexia, palpitations, tachycardia, angina, cardiac arrhythmia, mood swings, and for long-term use, putting the cherry on the sundae, mood or mental changes, weight loss, uh, and stunted growth problems. Oh, yeah, give me some of that. Well, you know, we also need to look at what some of the other potential effects of ADD medications besides all of these side effects and besides, of course, the temporary symptom relief that it offers for some. Well, it's going to mess with your blood sugar. These, all these medications um, have the potential to generate or exacerbate insulin resistance, to elevate blood sugar and dysregulate uh, blood sugar in everything that this implies. They also can invoke adrenal stress. Uh, they also can invoke long-term neurotransmitter depletion, in fact, I, I would assume that, that adrenal stress and long-term neurotransmitter depletion are going to be side effects of you know, stimulant use. And also, they're going to increase your requirement for things like B-complex, vitamin C, magnesium, zinc, amino acids, and also trace minerals and electrolytes, just to name a few things. Now, mind you, I will never tell you or anyone else that, that comes to talk to me not to do what their doctor has told them to do. That is not my place. But I do encourage people to understand some of the potential risks and consequences that are associated with medications that they're taking. Everybody taking anything 
should always read the PDR, what the PDR has to say about it, or they should look very carefully at the drug inserts and look at the fine print pertaining to the medications that they're taking and the potential side effects so that they understand the risks and side effects and know really how to recognize them. So that's just, you know, my, my two bits um, or maybe three bits on that. Well, keep in mind that all drugs are designed to act on specific receptors in the brain and in the body that are designed to bind with naturally occurring substances we are designed to produce ourselves. Okay? So all drugs have their natural and effective counterpart. The trick is in supporting the natural production of our own internal pharmacopoeia. Well, how do we do that? Well, from my perspective as a nutritional therapist, is foundations, foundations, foundations. Now, the foundations, you know, you know, foundations like like diet and, and digestion and hydration and blood sugar and the endocrine function and, and EF, you know, essential fatty acids. So, I mean, with all this to think about, what are really the initially the most likely considerations? Well, when it comes to ADD uh, and issues and any kind of attentional issue or cognitive issue, I mean, I always look at blood sugar to start with. It's the most likely culprit for one. And, um, and uh, we know that, you know, blood sugar is going to for sure have a way, uh, an impact on, on the manner in which your brain and your emotions function. Um, you know, if you consume a meal with, uh, that's a sort of a high glycemic meal, that bolus of blood sugar is going to generate a bolus of insulin that is going to drive that blood sugar down and cause your adrenals to fire. And uh, the more dysregulated your blood sugar is, the more likely you are to be reactive, uh, highly reactive to that. And so it's something that is going to get discussed probably with everybody that comes through here, uh, through my office, um, first and foremost. But we also consider, in general, the dietary intake of, of carbs, proteins, and fats before I ever start looking at details like specific nutrient deficiencies that everybody sort of runs to right away. Immediately, everybody's taking fish oil, which, by the way, is a great thing. But it may not be the very first thing, the most underlying thing you want to consider necessarily. You just kind of have to start there, you know, with with uh, with blood sugar and, and the basic diet dietary um, intake. It's the most logical place to look if you're dealing with a brain especially that's dependent on sugar for its primary source of fuel, and especially if that person's not managing that blood sugar well, then you're going to have somebody who's constantly struggling with ups and downs in that, which can lead to anything from spaciness and brain fog to anxiety and or hyperactivity. So, you know, another thing you might want to consider thinking about is food sensitivities. That's another major factor to consider. Now get this, 70% of school children with untreated wheat allergies, in other words, gluten sensitivity, can show exactly the same abnormal brainwave patterns as those with ADD. Also, <laughs> gluten sensitivity, it, it's known to affect something that we call frontal or prefrontal lobe perfusion, in other words, blood flow to the part of the brain that we need in order to pay attention and focus on things and also think about what we're doing. Uh, it can take, <clears throat> you know, up to six months 
you know, to see improvement after stopping gluten for some. And if I had it my way, I'd want to see all kids and adults off grains who come in exhibiting these sorts of symptoms or any significant mental, emotional, cognitive, or physiological symptoms for that matter. It's an extremely common sensitivity and one that can influence literally every facet of your mind, emotions, and health. Now, you can test for gluten sensitivity right at home um, using an online resource called EnteroLab. That's spelled E-N-T-E-R-O-L-A-B. So you might actually might want to grab a pencil. I'm going to be giving out a few resources on this uh, show. But you're going to want to know about EnteroLab. It's www.enterolab, E-N-T-E-R-O-L-A-B.com. And you can order something called a stool antigen test there and order the one with the, with the genetic marker, please. Um, and you can do that without any prescription. And you may even be able to get insurance to pay for it depending on your coverage. Now, uh, casein, which is uh, a form of protein found in, in milk and, and other um, milk-related dairy products, is a sensitivity that's incredibly common too, almost as common as gluten, and you really need to test this uh, as well. I would, uh, they have a deal, I think, where you can test both those things and all those things together for a package. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the common nutritional deficiencies associated with ADD, and um, uh, please stay tuned. This is Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm Nora Gadgaudis. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. 
Are you looking for a new perspective in today's challenging economic and personal times? Join the journey to your personal best on the Sky's the Limit radio program, featuring your hosts Karen Lovett, Jackie Lawney, and John McDermott. The engaging discussion will center on concrete ideas and actions to help improve your personal wealth, love, appreciation, power, choice, relationships, and more. Karen, Jackie, and John will guide you to your true power of choice on The Sky's the Limit, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Hey, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. So where we left off was we were getting ready to talk about some of the most common nutritional deficiencies that are associated with ADD. And the following here are a few I like to look at, which include things like omega-3 fatty acids, also an essential fatty acid that gets talked about less, but I think may be uh, equal in importance in some ways, known as gamma-linolenic acid, or GLA. You find that in things like evening primrose oil, or actually I prefer black currant seed oil. Uh, zinc is huge uh, with respect to cognitive functioning and focus. Magnesium, B-complex. Well, these things like magnesium and B-complex become readily depleted in high-carbohydrate diets, and uh, we need those for calm, relaxed focusing and cognitive functioning. We also need to consider uh, the trace element iodine, which doesn't get talked about much, but there are very strong associations with iodine deficiency and attention deficit issues. Um, with respect to iodine, though, it's, it's not advisable to just run out and start popping iodine tablets. Um, that's, that's quite a bit trickier, and actually, you know, you should go and get tested uh, for iodine deficiency first and have that carefully monitored by, uh, by a natural uh, health care provider. But, of course, you know, many kids are also a bit protein deficient today, too, by virtue simply of their excessive carbohydrate consumption and or, you know, poor digestion is also a huge issue. Well, omega-3 deficiencies for many kids start right in the womb. Um, You know, since mom may not have enough, this can really lead to brain and nervous system developmental issues for the the baby, even and even things like visual uh, processing deficits uh, later in life and things like uh, uh, dyslexia and that sort of thing. So omega-3 fatty acids are important, um, uh, incredibly important for the developing brain uh, in children, and it's incredibly important um, across all age groups, actually. But I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, I'm not talking about flax oil. I'm talking about EPA and DHA, which are only found in animal source foods and um, fish oil is probably the best and most affordable source. You can also consider something like krill, you know, krill oil, Antarctic krill oil. But kids low in omega-3s, um, omega-3 essential fatty acids, they're significantly more likely to be hyperactive or have learning disorders and also to display behavioral problems. And um, 
So what are some other supplements that can be helpful with ADD? Well, I've seen some nice results with something called L-tyrosine. That's L-T-Y-R-O-S-I-N-E, which is an amino acid that happens to be a precursor to really important neurotransmitters like epinephrine, norepinephrine, and dopamine, which are which happen to be the neurotransmitters associated with things like alertness and better focus, and also you know better mood generally. Um, another thing called uh, alpha GPC is how they abbreviate it, which stands for L-alpha glycerylphosphorylcholine. Say that ten times fast. Well, that's that's a potent precursor to acetylcholine, which is an incredibly important uh, important neurotransmitter that's associated with improved cognitive and, and memory function. Uh, something else called DMAE that's also known as dimethylaminoethanol, uh, which, again, you know, we understand why they abbreviate some of these things. Uh, you can find that in foods like sardines, uh, for instance, and, and anchovies and whatnot. But it, it can also help really enhance acetylcholine levels. Uh, L-tryptophan, uh, which many people have heard of, uh, or also an, a similar uh, amino acid called 5-HTP can help with when ADD symptoms are more serotonin-based. Uh, another substance called acetyl-L-carnitine, C-A-R-N-I-T-I-N-E, that can energize the brain and help it make better use of fat as fuel, which, of course, is the most important thing your brain can use uh, for fuel. We've talked about that before. Venpocetine is actually a botanical, more or less. It's, it's an extract of the periwinkle plant that can help a lot with cerebral circulation, mental clarity, and memory for some people. Well, those are just a, a few things for you to consider, uh, you know, looking into further uh, when it comes to supplementation for ADD. But don't ever forget to start with diet first. Now, as an example of this, some time back, a number of years ago, I worked with an 11-year-old boy in, in a neurofeedback clinic that I was uh, working for, and uh, he had been diagnosed with ADHD and he had tics. They thought maybe, uh, maybe Tourette's, but that wasn't a that wasn't a firm diagnosis. But he clearly had tics, and he'd been doing neurofeedback actually for several months before I came along uh, to that clinic. And to that point, he'd really only had some marginal success, which is extremely atypical. We usually see pretty strong response for ADD with neurofeedback. So, um, you know, I, I uh, really liked this kid a lot. I thought he was an incredibly thoughtful, intelligent, and sensitive young man. And uh, one day he walked into the office and his head is hanging down and he's looking really depressed and uh, dragging his feet down the hall. And I kind of you know, put my hand on his shoulder and said, hey, you know, talk to me. What's going on? You look really, you know, you, you look like something's wrong. And and he said, well, you know, he said it was, I was ticking again. And, and it was driving my mom crazy. And, and then, she, you know, she blew up at me. And now she feels bad and I feel bad. And I said, well, well wait a second. T- talk to me about, you know, why do you feel bad? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Do you feel guilty? And now, mind you, this kid is 11 years old, right? I don't think I'll ever forget this for as long as I live. He said, I feel guilty. I can't possibly know what it's like for her to have a son like me. And she can't know what it's like for me either. And he said, I just hate this ADD. I hate this stuff. I wish it would go away. And he sits down, he kicks the table, you know, and he slumps into his chair. And I'm thinking, okay, something's wrong with this picture. And I just looked at him and said, hang tight, kid. I'm going to go talk to your mom. So I went down the hall to the waiting room, and I sat down with his mom, and I said, Mom, talk to me. And she burst into tears. 
And she's like, I don't know. I feel like we're back at square one. I just don't know. You know, she's like two, one step forward and two steps back. And, you know, we can't, you know, afford to keep coming like this. And anyway, I, I, you know, this little you know, light bulb went off in my head. And I'm remembering, of course, that I understand something about nutrition. So I said, please talk to me, you know, about, well, you know, I mean, I knew that there was something wrong with this picture, right? The kid wanted, he wanted to be helped. We, his mom wasn't dragging him there against his will. She wanted him helped. I wanted him helped. Something was really wrong. So we had to look at other things that might be going on with him. And I asked mom to talk to me about what it was that he ate. You know, talk to me about this kid's diet. What does he eat? Well, it turns out the kid is a total carbivore. He's eating cereals and bagels in the morning. He's, you know, munching on chips all the time, eating tater tots. You know, he doesn't like, uh, he loves processed foods. He loves pizza. He doesn't like, pro- you know, doesn't eat protein much. I don't know they didn't like it. He just didn't eat it much. So, as you all are guessing, I, you know, a light bulb is flashing in my head, and uh, I gave mom my homily about the whole dietary thing, and I encouraged her, I said, to completely, you know, eliminate these carbs from his diet for, for a couple of weeks and try this dietary approach, you know, have, you know, just protein and vegetables and, and don't, you know, don't be afraid of fats and maybe, you know, take a little, uh, you know, fish oil, um, although she mainly just was prepared to start with just the diet. She didn't start supplementing right away. And... You know, she said, she thought about it and she said, well, okay, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, something that the whole family's going to do. Well, I'll do it together. And, uh, you know, to support him. Well, literally, I mean, I told her to try it for two weeks. Anybody can do anything for two weeks. Well, literally a week later, we basically had a whole new kid. We had a kid whose symptoms were next to zero. He was focusing well. He wasn't ticking at all. The one thing that was really problematic for him was that he was feeling really hypoglycemic. He was craving the carbs, but he was actually showing really good self-discipline because it was helping him so much that he wanted to continue eating that way. So I basically adjusted his training protocol and was no longer doing a training protocol for ADD. I was doing a training protocol for hypoglycemia. And everything turned around. This kid ended up becoming an honor student. He ended up uh, getting a black belt in Taekwondo. Um, and, uh, you know, he's out in the world now and doing really well, and uh, he's a grown young man at this point, uh, you know, years later, and I still actually stay in touch with him uh, over email, um, which is incredibly gratifying. In fact, he was a little bit, um, in some ways, the uh, inspiration for, for my book, uh, because once... You know, the the uh, the doctor I was working for saw the results that we were getting, uh, that we got with this case. He just sort of said, Nora, I want you doing this with everybody that comes in here. I want you doing this type of counseling with everybody. And, of course, I'm trying to do brain training, and at the same time I'm rattling at people about all this dietary stuff, and it was just too much. It was too much for me, and it was too much for my clients. Their eyes were glazing over. They couldn't take it all in. They were interested, but they just couldn't take it all in. So... Uh, you know, one weekend I went home in a state of frustration, I guess, and sometimes frustration is the mother of invention, and I just sat down and I typed up about a 10-page report, that I, something I could hand out to people um, so that I didn't have to spend so much time talking about it in, in sessions. And, of course, over time, 
I began to think of more things I wanted to add to that, and I should add this, and I should talk about that, and I should add references, and et cetera, et cetera. And over time, this ended up mushrooming into what now happens to be primal body, primal mind. Um, so it's, um, uh, it's a story that's very near and dear to my heart, but it really underscores the impact of diet on ADD. So when we come back, we're going to be joined by Dr. Mark Steinberg, uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about the powerful impact of a- and neurofeedback on ADD. Now, Mark is a smart, articulate, and uh, well-respected expert, and uh, he's also a pretty funny guy, so please stay tuned. You won't want to miss it. I'm Nora Gadgaudis, and this is Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. See you in a minute. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. 
Uh, we're talking today about a condition afflicting more and more children and adults each and every day. It's called ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, and it is everywhere. Now, in our last half hour, we really discussed um, ADD from, you know, mainly a nutritional perspective. We discussed nutritional approaches uh, for supporting ADD. And hopefully it gave you an appreciation for the role that diet can play in all of this. Well, in this, in this half hour, we're really going to be talking about the impact of brain training on ADD uh, or neurofeedback and what it can do for you or someone you love who may be struggling with these issues. Now, I've been doing neurofeedback clinically now since oh, before 1997 or so. And, and in that time, before going into private practice, I've, I've actually worked in two very busy clinics that more or less centered around ADD issues as well as other learning disabilities. And there was never a shortage of clients, not just because there's so much ADD around, but also because neurofeedback has such a strong and well-deserved reputation for really helping those who have this issue. Now, when somebody tells me they have ADD, you know, again, I, I look at that and it doesn't tell me that much. It's sort of a trash can diagnosis, so I need to know what that actually means to them. Um, is, are they more, do they feel distractible or are they constantly looking around at different things? They can't stay focused because a million things are vying for their attention or are they seeing the world through a wall of fog? You know, no two people who I see with ADD are ever really alike. As I, as I mentioned before, you know, ADD is, you know, something that many, many things can play into. It's also true that no one just walks through the door with only one thing going on. That's, that's a problem. People with ADD regularly say, well, yeah, I have ADD and also I can't sleep at night or I have ADD and I'm also anxious or depressed or I have migraines and, um, you know, and sleep problems and on and on. Well, in neurofeedback, we look at the whole collection of symptoms a person walks in with, and, and this tells us something about how that particular nervous system is, is put together and also what type of training, what type of brain training a person is most likely to benefit from. When the brain is dysregulated, a lot of things suffer, and a lot of different issues can, can manifest from that. So often in neurofeedback, when we see one area improve, we're also seeing many things improve, even things that we may not have expected. And this is because, of course, the brain is simply functioning better overall. We're exercising the whole brain. And everything that, of course, the brain influences tends to function better, too. So, well, today we have a really special treat. Dr. Mark Steinberg uh, has his private practice in Los Gatos, California, near the Bay Area, and he's here today to talk to us about his experience in working with ADD using uh, neurofeedback. Now, um, you know, Mark is a licensed psychologist and an educational psychologist who's had uh, experience remediating attentional, behavioral, and emotional and learning difficulties with children, adolescents, and adults for about 35 years. Uh, he was even voted the best therapist of 2000 by the Bay Area Parent Magazine readers. He specializes in clinical neurofeedback and neuropsychology, and Mark has also made numerous appearances nationally on television and radio, including TV appearances on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Uh, he's the author of, live, of, the, of the popular book, ADD, The 20-Hour Solution, and also of a forthcoming book live called Living Intact, uh, Challenge and Choice in Tough Times. He's consulted as a medical expert by NBC and has won local and statewide awards. 
Wow. Um, well, by also by way of background, um, it just so happens that Mark also wrote the foreword for my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind. And uh, not also, uncoincidentally, he happens to be a dear friend and a pretty terrific guy with a not-so-bad sense of humor. So welcome, Mark. Thanks, Nora. That's a, a great introduction. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate you yeah, I'm out of breath. show. And you raised some very good points in listening uh, to you. I, I learn all over again that ADD is not something in isolation. Right. And people are not just a collection of parts that they bring to a doctor or a therapist. And one of the interesting things that uh, we've studied, of course, and the listeners may be fascinated by, is that they go to be treated for one thing, and that gets better, and the host of symptoms along with it that they may never have even have mentioned or thought about gets better, too. Yeah, that, that's true. It's really true. So I'm curious, what, what first attracted you to neurofeedback, and how did you get started with that? And also, you know, what led you to such a particular interest in ADD? Well, um, the... Uh, you know, the, the cute answer is that I'm a skeptic. <laughs> I run into a lot of skeptics, but uh, I am a skeptic, and I'll get back to that uh, momentarily. Uh, as you mentioned, um, I have been in practice for 35 years, and I've had a fascination studying the brain. I mean, I, I grew up on educational psychology, got my degree there, went on to clinical and neuropsychology, and I suppose a lot of people know that people become psychologists to fix their own shortcomings. But <laughs> nevertheless, about 20 years ago, a man named Siegfried Othmer walked into my life mm. by way of a seminar. And as you know, he became a dear friend and colleague, and we wrote this book together. Yeah. And uh, Siegfried did this seminar, and I had heard about this biofeedback, neurofeedback thing. And uh, to be quite candid, my, my motivation in looking into it was to poo-poo it so I could be an expert and say that stuff doesn't work. and you know, I wanted to be confident and, I guess, a little bit haughty, so I decided to find out about it. And I just got mesmerized by the whole deal, and I said, I have to find out about this. So I bought some equipment, which was rather expensive at the time for what we got, and I began offering it to my well-established patients. I didn't even charge them at first because I wasn't sure about it. And, man, they got better. And yeah. So that's that's kind of how it started, and it, it just grew from there. And uh, I, I might add that I had a thriving practice um, with lots of physician referrals, and as soon as I started doing neurofeedback, that dried up. Yeah, you know, that's I, another question. Why aren't physicians more receptive to this, you know, to this approach? Uh, they actually are becoming more receptive, and if I can jump the gun a little bit and you sure can. <laughs> do a little advertisement for neurofeedback, uh, we have colleagues around the world, yeah. and our, our colleagues around the world report collectively about 80% success. And some of these colleagues include physicians. Uh, some are nurse practitioners. Some are educators. Uh, some are just the moms who got started because maybe they have a, a problem child. Uh, but physicians are, are more and more receptive. The, the problem for physicians, I think, is one of their training, and they're, they're trained you know, pharmaceutically, and they're programmed pharmaceutically, and they're programmed for short-term you know, physical fixes, and, and the pharmaceutical reps cruise by their offices, and uh, uh, operant conditioning of brain waves, which is what neurofeedback is based on, is only beginning to be taught in graduate schools around the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it, I'm sure it, yeah, it's just underway, but it's true. That veil is lifting quite a bit, and, and I, you know, I too occasionally now will get actual referrals from doctors. 
but uh, you know, it, what doctors think, I think, depends on what physician you happen to be talking to. Mm-hmm. I know I have uh, an old accountant back in Minneapolis who has a son who was an airline pilot who was having all kinds of neurological symptoms, and uh, he went to the Mayo Clinic. It was preventing him from flying, you know. So he went to the Mayo Clinic down in Jacksonville, Florida, to get a, a workup to figure out what was going on, and he had all these uh, MRIs and total neurological exam, the whole nine yards. And at the end of the examination, the attending neurologist at the Mayo Clinic suggested that he seek out neurofeedback to treat the problem. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. And, and I also, you know, I, I helped somebody once who had had some issues with um, some seizures and other things whose neurologist, you know, called me and said, you know, come, I need to talk to you. I need to understand what, you know, what this is. I've, I've never seen anybody respond so well to something. And uh, it was totally new to him. So it just depends on who it is that you're talking to, I think. Yeah, to get back to the question about the lackadaisical interest by the medical community, relatively speaking, uh, I go to what my <clears throat> mentor and co-author, Siegfried Othmer, says, and uh, we talk about it in our book also, that uh, medicine isn't much interested in the brain that can heal itself. Yeah. And neurofeedback is really a catalyst for... Um, healing oneself, and uh, there are many parallels with nutrition. It's not that physicians aren't interested in nutrition. It's that you can get your body to heal itself by uh, feeding it and promoting it the right thing. And in this case, we're feeding it back information and letting it do its thing. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really great point. Well, what actually inspired um, you to write the book, 20 Hours Solution, which is a great title, by the way. And, of course, you know, we say 20 hours um, uh, you know, of course, because we're typically talking about close to 40 half-hour training sessions as a general rule that it takes to get through a course of neurofeedback training. Right. Although that varies somewhat. Well, um, yeah, I, I like the title. I can't take credit for it. It's, it's kind of a marketing niche, and actually the book is about uh, ADD, but it's also about um, mental fitness training and all the things that neurofeedback can do for people. So uh, what inspired me to write the book was that I needed to get it down. I needed to put something out there. Um, I thought rather than people uh, paying me lots of hourly money to explain this to them, uh, I would write a book and sell 5 million copies and you know <laughs> make money that way. And it turns out that it hasn't sold that many copies, but people are still coming in and paying too much to hear me talk right out of my books. <laughs> That's Which is a beautiful thing. And it, it, it also needs, uh, there need, needs to be a guideline. Uh, one of my witticisms is I say, give me uh, 10 hours of your child's brain and I'll show you remarkable changes. Give me 20 hours of your child's brain spread over time. Yeah. And you'll have um, an amazingly new and refurbished child. And I point out by way of comparison that this is about, this program is about three days' worth of uh, school education. Right. And people will go in for therapies and tutoring that is far more costly and uh, um, extended, and they don't get quite the results that we can get with this. And it's not competitive, you know, because uh, when your brain is working better, you profit more from speech therapy or tutoring or whatever it is. Yeah. Well... I tell you what, we're going to go to another commercial break here, and when we get back, we're going to continue this wonderful conversation because there's so much more to talk about. So please stay tuned, everybody, to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dr. Mark Steinberg. 
opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Felzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and we're back again with uh, Dr. Mark Steinberg. Um, and, you know, Mark, you know, we're talking, of course, of, about neurofeedback today, but it's it's really an honor and, and and especially great to have you here, Mark. You're a bit of a legend in the field of neurofeedback with your excellent and well known book and all the rest. Uh, sort of a neurofeedback rock star of sorts. <laughs> well, thanks. That's an honor. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious is how how has doing neurofeedback really altered your perception of of ADD over time? Has it really uh, changed the way you were taught to look at ADD as a neuropsychologist? I'm thinking that that's Probably uh, yes, yes, yes. And I, I don't know that I was taught that much to look at ADD. I uh, really wasn't even taught directly. I didn't take any courses on ADD. It, what I was taught was that there's this thing going around and people have it and some people can't learn and they used to call it minimal brain dysfunction and, and now they're um, more modern and they give kids these wonderful drugs and yeah. on and on and on and, and no, nobody knows what to do. But the... Um, 
The real issue is, and some people say, well, is there any such thing as ADD? Yeah, I have some uh, have some babysitting duties for them. It'll yeah. them. But yeah. <laughs> um, the the key word is disorder. And people say, well, is this a cure for ADD? And there's no cure because there's no disease. Right. Right. Uh, Not and, in my mind. Uh, so it's it's a matter of putting the brain in order. So you asked at the outset, uh, how has this changed things? Well, it's changed things dramatically, both personally and uh, professionally. Uh, let me give my two cents personally. People say, well, why'd you get interested in ADD? Or, uh, you know, do you have ADD, doctor? No, I don't have ADD. Uh, I, I'm a Steinberg. That's difficult enough. <laughs> um, as, as a child, I was very hyperactive, but I didn't have problems in school. I could pay attention. I mean, today they probably would try to dose me up if I was as hyper as I was, you know, when I was a kid. But fortunately, I got into sports and that that sort of thing. But no, I don't have ADD. But I found over 20 years, as I you know, advanced through middle age, that my body is so much better regulated through doing neurofeedback. Yeah. I mean, I sleep better. I digest better. Um, I also have more compassion, more ability to put myself in the other guy's shoes. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. So it's it's functioning on the practical plane of not getting triggered by all the stuff that happens to you in life. It's functioning on the biological plane. It's functioning on the spiritual plane. And I extend this to other people, not because they're me or replicas of me, but because we're each born with vulnerabilities. Yeah. Vulnerabilities to develop certain kinds of disorder, whether they're headaches or menstrual problems or anger and so forth. So anyway, the answer really to your question is that people become more regulated if they're over aroused, which is rampant in our society. No kidding. They combat. They calm down. They don't get triggered as easily. They don't keep reacting to things that are either real or imaginary. They sleep better. They are better able to accept life on its own terms, which I think is the ideal outcome. If they're under aroused, uh, they may be depressed or they may have thyroid type issues or yep. bowel type issues. Uh, their metabolism works better. They, they sleep through the night more. They feel in better moods. And, uh, <laughs> Again, this might sound cheeky, but I found over the years that a lot of people don't really like psychologists or <laughs> like talking to me and uh, call it a guy thing, but they don't want to come in and talk about it. Yeah. And when I began this part of my practice about 20 years ago, I was dealing with some you know, peculiar people who loved to come in and have a relationship with the computer because it made them feel better. They sure didn't want to talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you said it. I didn't. But <laughs> it, it's well, very you know, difficult. you and I have been on, on television twice together now. Uh, once talking about neurofeedback, and the other talking about my book. Um, in the show that you and I were on together, talking about neurofeedback, I remember you using a wonderful analogy that I, I thought was so effective for me, and uh, I've since borrowed it a few times. And it was where you spoke about neurofeedbacks effect on the brain being a lot like learning how to ride your bicycle on bumpy terrain in all kinds of conditions. I, I really like that. Yes. Yeah. There's something uh, about it, I think, that affords a, a flexibility to the functioning of the brain. It's not like we're training the brain into a particular, you know, it, we're, we're asking people to produce this brain wave now as opposed to that brain wave. It's more about training flexibility into the system so that you have the capacity to move from state to state relative to what's appropriate as opposed to just being stuck all the time in, in a particular mode of functioning that may not be particularly productive. You bet. You bet. 
I might uh, spring on people I'm talking to the Zen question, hey, what's the right speed to drive? <laughs> right. And, and, of course, that takes a context, right? right? Or uh, I say, you know what, 140 pounds. Okay, well, we need to know, is it a man, is it a woman, is it an animal, is it a child, because otherwise we can't, we can't draw the picture. So the right speed to drive depends on the conditions, and the right speed to drive your brain is ever-changing. Right. Um, I'd like to mention something I alluded to before that I think is very important, and that's the concept of mental fitness. And it applies to ADD, it applies to peak performance, it applies to mood problems. So what is mental fitness? Well, in my view, mental fitness is comp comprised of two basic thrusts. One is eliminating maladaptive responses. Mm -hmm. Two is shaping adaptive responses. And neurofeedback is fairly ideal for teaching the brain to do this because it's based on solid learning theory of not paying attention to bad behaviors. Yep. Um, and, and so we disattend to irrelevant uh, behaviors outside the parameters that we set with the computer games. And when the person is doing the quote-unquote right neurological behaviors, the game goes and we give it a subconscious good boy, good girl at a, the rate of about 3,000 times an hour. So exactly. it's pain-free learning. Yep, that's, that's exactly uh, how it works. You know, we've seen a lot of changes in, in the field, too, over the last 10 to 12 years. I mean, things have, have really changed. And, and I know our understanding um, has certainly changed about the work that we do, but plus the changes in technology have been pretty remarkable. Um, what results would you say you're seeing with neurofeedback now versus, say, a few years ago? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing about the same consistent results. Yeah. Uh, that may be mm, somewhat subject selection biased in that perhaps I'm taking on more difficult cases with more confidence. Right. So, I, I mean, I really don't have studies on it. I, with neurofeedback by itself, you just do it um, fairly competently and uh, about 80% of the people are successfully treated. And this is not just my result. This is reported by colleagues worldwide. Right. And, and I might add, uh, pe people question, well, why haven't I heard about this? And they say it's experimental. And, uh, well, our colleagues around the world have probably done close to 5 million sessions. And collectively, from different data points, we're reporting about 80% success. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, I think I'm seeing, uh, personally, I think I'm seeing a real improvement in that, uh, at least from my perspective. I think that some of the new technologies and, and understandings and some of the new uh, software that we now have access to, I, I think has, you know, I, I think over time, uh, you know, is going to be improving that number. I, I think quite a bit. Yeah, let me let me comment on on the new versus the old, and the, there certainly is some debate in the field. But um, without going into technical details, because of the new um, innovations, we now can treat certain things more effectively that that we just sort of you know sniffed around the edges and took a long time. For example, autistic people are highly over aroused. Yeah, and and we see dramatic results in a short period of time using the, the newer um, technologies. Right. Uh, it's also more helpful for addictions because people become amped up when they get cravings. Yep. And so that's very helpful. But it's been very successful over 20 years for me and those practicing what I do. Well, Mark, we've run out of time, but I am so grateful to you for coming on today and, and talking about uh, you know, neurofeedback and uh, being a guest on my show. It, it's, it's wonderful to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely.
So I want to invite everybody to tune in uh, next week when we're going to be talking about feeding your brain and also recovery from stroke. Um, we'll be talking about what you can do to maximize the health of your brain and memory function, stability, and cognitive functioning from a really foundational perspective, really using diet uh, and nutrition. And we'll also discuss some useful supplements, perhaps, that can serve to enhance and maybe even turbocharge your brain's performance. And, and in the second half of the hour, we're going to be uh, talking with a stroke recovery uh, person who is going to uh, talk to you about uh, her remarkable recovery using a powerful combination of neurofeedback and also the dietary strategies mentioned earlier in the show. So we'll be talking about the use of neurofeedback for cognitive enhancement, and uh, you won't want to miss it. Please stay tuned to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and until next week, remember, if it wouldn't look like food to somebody wandering around 40 million years ago or 40,000 years ago with a loincloth in his ear. It's probably not food. Thanks for listening. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818 818- Four five six five nine six five. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship. The NTA is the best, most trustworthy, and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at www.primalbody-primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, Your Total Health, The Way Evolution Intended and Didn't. Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And have a great week.